I really love talking to Al. He's a funny guy, knowledgeable guy. Al Snow, man. He told some stories that I had never heard before, but he's got stories for days, does he not? Yeah, Al Snow's got one of them dry humors that we like to talk about, and he is one funny son of a bitch. Al Snow and I crossed paths a long time ago, and we hit it off. I just got a lot of respect for the guy's work, able to tell a great story in a ring. Just a real knowledgeable guy. I like his spin. I like his take. I like his understanding of the business of professional wrestling from top to bottom, how he breaks things down. Hey guys, what's up? My name is Jared Orr, and thank you so much for joining me as we take a sneak peek and share some clips from what we've been working on at Inside Al Snow's Head. This podcast, I can assure you, will be one of the more fun and entertaining podcasts to listen to, as each week I'll be teaming with Al. Teaming with Al? Yeah, Rocky, teaming with Al. And we'll be talking about his 36 years in the business, some sports, entertainment, current events, and, well... Things you probably wouldn't want to say at the dinner table and in bed. Hey, did your mom make that? This gives me gas. Is your sister coming? Yeah, is your sister coming? <laughs> Although the point of the show is going to be having some fun and providing some laughs, Al's also going to be sharing some insight on things you may not have known about the sport of professional wrestling. Fill the listeners in. At what's a mark? How did that? How did that term get to use? Well, mark is a. We have a lot of utilitarian words in wrestling. What I mean by that, like they're Swiss army words. Like um, regular people have the word fuck. Like fuck is, is fantastic because you can use it as a verb, an adverb, an adjective, a noun, a pronoun. One of my favorites. I use it a lot of different ways. I, I use it quite often. A couple of them are kayfabe, gimmick. Gimmick is, a, is definitely a Swiss army word. And mark. Now all of these terms originated uh, back in the carnival days, well, where wrestling, uh, orig- you know, really started because that was one of the few places, you know, it was used as an attraction back then at the carnivals. And uh, Mark was not a derogatory term. Uh, it can be used as a der- in a derogatory way, like, you know, Mark for that, or why are you being such a Mark? Uh, don't, don't be a Mark, that kind of thing. But it really wasn't intended as a derogatory term. It was actually a description of what took place in the carnivals. If, if you go to any carnival, you know that the main attraction is at one end of the midway, and then all along the midway are the games and the rides. And then at the very other end is the ticket booth. So the, you know, the midway is set up that exact same way. Now, if you were to run the games, the only way you make money, the only way you eat tonight is if you get people to come and play your game. And the longer you get them to play, the more money you make because they put the money down. Now, if you yell at everybody on the midway, you're going to turn everybody off. You're not going to get anybody. And if you direct your attention to the wrong guy, then he's going to come and take space up at the game and not allow other people to play it, and he ain't got no money. So if he has no money, you're wasting your time because you're not going to be able to make anything, and therefore you're not going to be able to eat tonight. So you're very motivated to want to attract the person who has money to spend. 
And the way that you know that is that at the ticket booth, they always set the ticket booth. If you were aware, they set it up just high enough or just low enough to where when you go to pay, they can look down in to your purse or wallet and see if you have money. If you do have money to spend, they will they would signal a guy across the way who would then walk past you and either with some dirt or with actual piece of chalk, mark you. So that that way, the guys, everybody who were running the games would see that mark, realize you were a person who had disposable income, you had money in your wallet, and then they would double their attention to you trying to get you to come in and play the game and then retain you there as long as possible so they could try to get as much money out of you as they could. It sounds diabolical and evil, but it was a matter of necessity. You know, that's the way people made their money. And as a result, that was where the term mark came from, was that you marked a person because you knew that they were a person that you could then target and attract to the game to make some money. Man, Al really does have stories for days. But like I told you, they're not all going to be about pro wrestling. And on Inside Al Snow's Head, we're going to discuss some of the things that he's done outside of the professional wrestling business. Not everybody in wrestling trained guys like Dan Savage. I trained Dan to be a professional wrestler, and then uh, Dan and I got together, and we uh, I trained Dan for his first UFC, which was UFC 4 out in Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, which was, uh, you know, an interesting time because, you know, it was a... UFC back then was a completely different animal than what it is now. I mean, they... It was more. Yeah, you could like pull hair and pinch and shit then, right? Um, I don't think you could pull hair. One of the rules were <laughs> you weren't allowed to pull hair, you weren't allowed to bite, and that was it. And you weren't allowed to go to the eyes. Now, you could go to the groin, um, which actually one of the guys <laughs> repeatedly struck another guy in the groin. Um, you know, uh, you could do basically any strike uh, that you wanted to do. Um, but you could not uh, go to the eyes. Uh, that was that was, and you couldn't bite somebody. That was about it, you know. Um, and then it was a tournament too. You know, you didn't know who you were fighting. Uh, not like now, where it's just you train for much like boxing. You train for one fight or one fighter, um, and you watch tapes and you know you develop a strategy for that one person, um, and you center your entire training camp about preparing for that and timing it out to where you. You peak at that night uh, at your optimum uh, conditioning. You know, back then, shoot, we, you know, you had to fight three different people. Um, you know, if if you happen to make it all the way through, and like Dan fought a Muay Thai guy in the first round, then a long style karate guy the second round, and then Hoist Gracie uh, Jiu Jitsu the third third round. So you know, there was no way you could prepare for any of that. You know. Now, just because we're not always going to be talking about wrestling doesn't mean that this isn't going to be a wrestling podcast. Yeah, we're going to tell some dick jokes and try to make you guys laugh and entertain you a little bit. But Al's also going to give us a unique perspective on some of wrestling's most discussed topics. He's going to clear up some misconceptions and give us his points and views on what he thinks, both as a worker and a fan of the business. I have to clear a couple of things up because this came up. He brought up the, the the old thing that I bring up all the time about who had the best match at WrestleMania three, and 
he's like, you know, well, what if I thought that Steamboat and Savage had the best match at WrestleMania three? And I'm like, that's fine. I don't mind. And for clarification, you know, the, the, the reason that this comes up is because the, you know, big prevalent opinion is, is that Steamboat and Savage had the best match at WrestleMania three, meaning that, you know, a particular fan, which was basically Dave Meltzer, and I have no problem with Dave Meltzer or his opinion because he's entitled to it because he paid his money to see the show, and that's fine. Well, we're we're going to talk about Dave Meltzer at some point oh, in this podcast. Oh, yeah, and we can. Um, but, you know, what what I'm trying to clarify is that from a wrestler's standpoint, uh, Hulk Hogan and Andre, Giant, Andre the Giant had the best match at WrestleMania three. And the reason that they did was because the most people paid to see them. 93,000 people paid to see Hogan and Andre. Now, there are other reasons, and we, we can go into those at a later time, but, but Hogan and Andre had the best match from a business standpoint. If you were in the wrestling business, as far as you're concerned, they had the best match. Especially well, back then when there's no guaranteed money and you're getting paid off the house. Correct, correct. So you, you want... 93, you know, you all you care about is that 93,000 people showed up. All right, guys, that should just about do it for this sneak peek of Inside Al Snow's Head. Now, everything that you guys heard today was recorded while Al and I were testing out some different equipment and just starting to get a feel for each other. But I didn't want these stories to go to waste, although we're going to talk about a lot of them in full-length episodes. I wanted to put together some clips just to introduce the show and give you guys an idea of exactly what we're going to be doing here each week. And that's our best to entertain you. We're going to try to make you laugh. And Al's going to tell some stories that you may have never heard before. And he's definitely going to put a spin on some stories that you may have never thought of before. Next week, our first full-length episode is going to feature one of Al's many utilitarian words, and that's gimmicks. We're going to talk about some of the best, some of the worst. We're going to talk about how some of Al's gimmicks came to life in professional wrestling and how he got them over. Please visit our Twitter page at The Real Snow Show. I am at Or Jarrett. He is at the real Al Snow, and we are out of time. Hey guys, each week we're gonna bring a brand new episode of Inside Al Snow's Head to you, and the downloads are gonna be free thanks to our sponsors. So we ask that you give them a little bit of love. Visit collarandelbowbrand.com. CollarandElbowBrand.com is where wrestling passion meets street fashion. Now, you guys may have seen Al, Nia Jax, Jack Swagger, and a bunch of your other favorite superstars wearing these shirts on social media. And you, too, can wear the shirts that were designed for the wrestlers and for wrestling fans by visiting CollarandElbowBrand.com. And by using code SNOWMAN, that's S-N-O-W-M-A-N, you can save an additional 10% off of whatever you pick out, even if it's already on sale. That's CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Use code SNOWMAN. Let everybody know that you're a fan of wrestling without having to have a sweaty, half-naked man on the front of your shirt. And if you have a unique business of your own or an upcoming event, and you'd like to have it featured on Inside Al Snow's Head, then shoot me an email at InsideAlSnow'sHead at gmail.com. That's insidealsnowshead at gmail.com. And let's talk about how we can get your brand in front of thousands of listeners each week.